is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. The following is an interview I did with Leanne Pashina, author of the new book, Sit Your Way to Success, which is all about the psychology of sitting, what chair you choose, whether it be in a sales call, a meeting, a conference, a presentation, even family dinners or entertaining at home. It's a fascinating book and I think you'll enjoy the conversation I had with Leanne and how you can sit your way to success. Hi, this is Dawn Schuler, and I'm here with my very good friend and talented colleague, Leanne Pashina, who is the author of the brand new book, Sit Your Way to Success. And I am a huge fan. I've read it twice. It's my Bible, because now before I go into a meeting, I'm going to read it. And, and I just, I think it's something that needs to be shared with the world. And I'm really excited to have Leanne uh, with me today to tell us more about the book. So Leanne, welcome. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Absolutely. It's an honor because <laughs> I've listened to some of your other ones and I know you always say having the, the right people in the right seat and which seat they sit in in a meeting can make a difference too. How about that? Oh, look how <laughs> clever you are. Love that. Love that. You're right. The right seat. And I have to tell you, so I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago and I, you know, like I said, I've read your book twice. And the way it was set up, I, I was thinking, okay, I don't like the seats that are available. So I took the best one according to what you share in, in the book. And, um, and then we needed to add more chairs. So then the, the chair that I wanted in the seat that I wanted got placed. And it was amazing how different I felt sitting in the right seat um, for the dynamics of that particular meeting. And I thought, oh, I can't wait to tell Leanne this because I, I just felt my entire energy shift. Now that I've read your book, I know why that is. Mm -hmm. uh, I might've had that same feeling, but not really recognized it or understood why. Now I understand why. So Leanne, tell us a little bit about the book and, and why, I, why I might think that this is such a gold mine. What's in it? Well, you know, first, the reason I wrote the book, I've, I started in interior design. So I've always been in the corporate world helping people with um, helping different companies in designing their office spaces. And of course, every office space is going to have a meeting space of some type, whether it's a conference, a large multipurpose, small, uh, small conference rooms and private offices. So I, you know, I always designed all of that. And early on in my career, and especially for designers, they don't teach us what is what I've discovered more and put in the book. Um, so, you know, you design these spaces and not ever really, you'd think about how they're going to use them, but not the full purpose. And then I went into sales and, you know, my company creatively communicate. It's all about how you say it. And the reason being is in sales, I've gone through a lot of sales training and they don't, you know, in, in the process, it's all excellent. They don't teach you how to say it. And especially how just where you sit in accordance with your prospect can make a difference in your sale and started to learn this through trial and error. And then as studying body language, you learn even more. And I thought, you know, where is all of this? It's not in one spot and it's things that we do every day and in every sales and in every meeting. And yet we do it, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously and, and it can affect the outcome. 
So that was kind of the reason where what I would mention it to some people like, oh, you know, that's brilliant. I never thought about that. And doing more and more research and just pulling it all together and putting it in one place. So I've had a lot of fun putting it together as well. And it's just things that, like I tell people, you know, sales, the art and, and science of sales is difficult. It can be fun. It can be frustrating. And when you sit down with a client, just where you sit, if I can get you 20% closer to the close of a sale, then why not pay attention to where you sit? Because if I can, I can get you on the path to success before you ever start your first word, in essence. So it's like sitting closer to success. Yes. Oh, I like that one too. Yeah, I can be clever also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great one. So is this book primarily just for salespeople? No, I, I pulled together. There's, it starts with conference meetings. So if you're a leader in a company or even a small business owner, you're going to have different conference meetings. And it's, it's one chapter is just on that. I have one on sales meetings. And then what about large event meetings? So if you're a speaker, you can utilize a lot of this information. When you're attending, there's also some key, key tips in there. And even if you're a teacher, it's how we present in a room. So there's different research that I found as well that where you sit in a classroom where your student does um, will have an impact on their learning potential and their retention. And then I go into private offices. You know, a lot of people don't realize that their furniture is the nonverbal language that before people ever enter their office, the way it's arranged in the furniture itself gives away their leadership style, mm -hmm. unless they inherited the office and didn't have any say. <laughs> but in most companies uh, that I've worked with over the last 30 plus years, a lot of people have a say or they're going to personalize it. So they, in their leadership style, they send nonverbal languages again, before a meeting ever starts, whether it's with an employee or a potential prospect um, or a potential employee, a vendor, they're sending these signals. And a lot of times we don't think about what signals we're sending. And we can do it with the furniture and the way we're going to meet with the people. And then I go into restaurant meetings. So people still will have some restaurant meetings if they take a prospect out. And then I just threw in a chapter, just kind of have some fun about home, meet, home um, entertaining. <laughs> Because it affects everything of where you sit in accordance and your purpose of your meeting. Absolutely. And until I read your book, I just, I didn't realize that there were so many applications, right? And, and really, I mean, now this is in my head. And so it really is affecting every time I, I sit like, okay, what's the best place? What's, What's the purpose? I think that's one of the brilliant things about your book is you really delve into, well, what's the, what's the purpose of the meeting or what's the purpose of the space? And uh, like you said, what, well, I think you said this, I mean, this is how I took it is what's the tone that you want to convey. So I love that idea of if you're a manager and you're having meetings in your office, what kind of leader, what kind of manager are you and how your arrangement of of your office, your setup, the chairs can either support that or hinder it. And if you're not aware of it, that's, that could be detrimental. Yeah. And you know, you can walk into office politics. If you don't know the office politics, actually a, a conference meeting and depending upon the size of, you know, I've, I've sold some furniture where there's some really large conference rooms. So, you know, typically they're probably six to eight people, 10 to 12 in that range. But there's some that are even larger where, you know, you may have 20 to 30 people in a room in some of these large corporations. And, the, you know, the politics are really shown in those. 
uh, you're up in the DC area and, you know, government is still the, the deep polit, you know, political structure is very strong. I'm here in Austin, Texas, and it's interesting, all the, the, most of the clients now I call on are more of the startups, more of the technology, and they, they uh, have their work environment more typical to what you would expect Google or Facebook. So it's more that open environment, very collaborative. It's a whole different environment than when I started 30 years ago and, you know, in Minneapolis with IBM and um, 3M, you know, the big blues that uh, everything was very structured and you want that um, authoritative, you know, if I'm manager and boy, if you got that corner office, man, you arrived and you wanted everyone to know it. <laughs> and now it's, you know, we have some CEOs that want to sit right in the middle of all their employees and it's a wide open environment. So it's just interesting the difference and all of that conveys in the culture. I know that, you know, you, you understand cultural, uh, the culture of, of different businesses and some, some people thrive in that and some don't. And again, where they sit in accordance to that can make a difference. So as I was listening to you, it reminded me of a TV show called Lie to Me. And I think it was on in maybe the early to mid, you know, 2000s. And, and I can't think of the, uh, the guy's name that was the main guy, but he uh, studied what he called micro expressions. And right. so he could tell if somebody was, was lying or telling the truth based on their micro expressions. But there's one episode where they were, I think they were dealing with, might have been a Japanese company, and he waited as they all came in to see some of those politics and those dynamics based on where they sat, kind of this deference uh, that they might, you know, because they're going to defer to the, to, the, to the manager, the leader in this meeting. And that just made me think of, that's, so you talking made me think of that particular episode in, in Lie to Me, and it made me think, well, now I want to go back and watch it and see if there's anything about seating and placement, because what you're saying is, you could observe a room, a meeting, and based on perhaps where people unconsciously or subconsciously take their seats might reveal something about where they are in the pecking order, how they feel. Is that, would you agree with that? Oh, I, I definitely agree with it. And I go into some of that in the book. Um, so people can understand some of that. And by the way, I love that show lie to me because of micro expressions. And I'm, as you're talking to, I'm trying to remember the, the gentleman who started all that and, and the name is escaping me because I've done a lot of reading and research on that too. You know, and he goes into the body language. And so when you walk into a conference room, you know, if you're the leader and you're sitting what I call the power position. So at the end of the table, like a typical rectangular table, you're going to be sitting on the short end and you can see everyone. And depending upon the length of the table, where people sit, if they don't have a signed position, where they sit also reveals a lot on their personality. So, you know, you and I are um, certified in personality science. So we know that the people who um, say if they sit in the middle of the table, they want to be amongst their friends. They, you know, they're, they're going to be the big team player. And that tells us something about their personality. They don't want to be out front. They just want to be the team player. And, oh, why can't we just all get along? <laughs> right? Yep. We know. We know what those are. <laughs> And then if you have the person who, you know, they're, they're really the strong thinker, they're based more on the facts and the knowledge and they want to observe and they probably don't talk that much because they're more observing and, and when there's a point to be made, they'll make it. 
if it doesn't make sense, they won't. So they're, if I'm the leader sitting at one end, they're probably going to be sitting towards the other end. They don't need to be by me. They're just going to kind of listen. They probably, uh, they don't need that, the strong eye contact. And then if you have the person who is more out front, uh, we like to call that action person, the, you know, they're, they're more dominant. They, they need to be heard. They're going to sit closer to the leader. And especially if they want to be the next leader in the company, they're going to be sitting to the right or the left of that person in that power position. And, and then if, the, if it's someone that um, is more into organization and systems, well, depending upon their purpose and role of that meeting, they're going to be probably more strategic of where they sit and probably want to sit closer to the leader and be able to support them in that regard. Or they might sit on the other end. Because what's interesting, too, is depending upon your company politics, if you have um, the main leader on one end of the table and then on the other end they're supportive, now you really have this balance in leadership. And the two can help the meeting flow. And depending upon if you want to persuade on new ideas, uh, they can help that in the, in the conference meeting. It's things that maybe you don't think about, but where you want people to sit. And especially if you know you have someone that is going to be against your idea, you're going to have opposition. So, you know, I also think of in, in city council or in some of those um, places where if you, if you know you're going to have some of that to deal with in your meeting, well, where you strategically sit those people is going to affect the way the outcome is going is to occur. Because if you have them defensive and they're, they're already fighting against each other when they sit down before they say a word, mm-hmm. it's not going to support, support your end goal well. So there's not to manipulate. Uh, that's not necessarily the purpose. Although if you have you know, a, a purpose, um, your goal is to persuade them towards your idea because you know it's the right direction for the company. Well, then why not use this information to help you get there? And because, yes, if, if you're trying this outcome is for the good of the company, the department, the group, the team, absolutely. And one of the things that you just said that um, clicked for me is that idea of the, you know, the power position. And then at the other end, if you have um, maybe somebody else who's in a, you know, also a power position, maybe underneath the leader, but you have that at the other end, not necessarily the right or the left, but at the other end, it creates balance. And I thought, oh. That just that clicked because I'm I'm always about balance too, and that is absolutely what happened in that meeting. There's a company that we're working with, and I'm coming in and doing some consulting as their integrator, which is another term for chief operating officer. And the owner of the company was already was at one end. You know, absolutely, he picked the power position. Right. But the seats next to him, the right and the left, were already filled, and. I'm a little too nice, I guess, so I wasn't going to go and boot somebody out and say, get out of my, that's my seat. Um, and I would have wanted the one at the opposite end of the table, but there wasn't, there, there wasn't a seat there, there wasn't a chair. And it did look like there really could be one. And so I didn't want to sit in the middle because I've read your book. <laughs> I know what those middle positions are. And so I, to me, what was the, the next best option was to sit at the very end, but on the side. And then we had more people come. So the facilities people came in and added more chairs and they put one at that end. And so it was really a small space, but I'm like, I'm taking that one. So <laughs> I jumped up, got into that seat, and again, just immediately felt better. And I think part of that also might have been the balance. Um, that, that yes, it was balanced because he's the owner and in charge, and then I'm I'm the one that's keeping keeping it all together. So it's very interesting. I hadn't, 
I'd known it was the right seat because I'd read your book and, and all of that, but I hadn't thought about the balance piece of that. And what people don't realize is you, uh, the reason the seat matters too is it, you know, I think you mentioned that it changes the way you felt mm-hmm. or, you know, if you feel more confident where you're seated, then you present better. Um, if, if you are feeling like you're just in the middle and you're a nobody, you know, then we tend to just naturally kind of regress into our little shell. So it's, it's something that, you know, if you want to, if you're, ex- you're moving forward in a company, these are things that the, the people who want to be the up-and-comer, if, if you can use these techniques as well on where you're going to sit, because if you're always the mouse in the corner, you're always going to be the mouse in the corner if you don't speak up. And, you know, now if I go into a conference room, I, I, I always select the seat I want to be able to be seen and heard. And especially in sales, you know, I'll do it. I'll let the client feel comfortable. Although my main goal, if it's in a sales meeting, is to close that sale. You know, it's interesting this weekend, I was talking to someone who worked at the Pentagon for about 10 years and we were talking about conference meetings. She goes, oh, if you sat in the wrong chair, you knew it and you had to move. You know, talk about politics. You can imagine in, in any of our military branch, it's still very strong and structured. Yes. And, you know, where each person sits means something. And this also brings up for me, and, and I love this part, and this part is the one, well, like I said, I, I want to read, you know, the sections that are applicable before I, ha- you know, go into a meeting or a particular event. But one of the things that, you know, I really think was, I thought so much of it was valuable, but this from a, um, some of the research that you cite and that you mention about, you know, taking students who are nor- or who are underperforming and putting them in a different seat in, you know, in say a presentation and that it actually affects, affected positive, well, depending on where it could positively or negatively affect their, their test scores based, just based on the placement because of the research that's been done where teachers mainly focus their attention, their energies. And I thought that was fascinating. Um, and then from a presenter, because like you, I do, I do some speaking and I do events and your information on that was, I thought, very valuable. So um, I, I just think that all around the book is a fantastic resource for anyone who cares about, you know, outcomes of any kind of meeting or like you said, entertaining at home. I know, entertaining, and there's some, you know, tricks that I put in there for that, too. You know, getting back to the classroom, you know, people don't realize there's a learning funnel. And when you were talking about the research, you know, if you think of the shape of a funnel, kind of more in a V, the people, of course, who sit in the front row in the middle, those are the best seats. And if you ever go to an event and you pay for the VIP, where are you going to sit? Front and center. Front row, yeah, right in the middle, you got the best seats. Or, you know, if you're going to a play or, a, you know, the theater, yeah, you pay more for those seats. And there's a reason. Um, and the way the teachers present, too, it's, they find that our left side, the way we present is better. And the tendency in the research you were citing goes in that um, teachers, you know, they'll look straight ahead, but they look to the left more than, the, than to the right of the classroom when they're looking at it. So that the students sitting... Uh, if you walk in a classroom on the right side, so it's the teacher's left, the way they're facing. And what's interesting, too, is people are talking into our right visual field. And we retain information three times more in our right visual field than in our left. 
And it's also on what side of the brain they speak on. Because if it's the emotional and the way we take concepts, because um, the, the right side is more the creative, we take the big picture and move down um, to the, the smaller and versus just the logical side. And especially in sales where you sit uh, in accordance with your prospect, because you want to be speaking to that, that creative, that emotional side, because we make decisions emotionally and then we back them up logically. Mm-hmm. So there's more, um, we close more sales if we sit to the left of our prospect than to the right. That's what research so, shows. And a lot of it is what, how you're speaking to your client. Now, I'm not saying you sit to the left, you're going to close every sale. Hey, that's still up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Although I can get you there faster. That's right. Oh, I just like, again, I just am so fascinated by this. I'm so glad you wrote the book again. Um, just, it's easy to read too, but chock full of information. And so Leanne, for those who are listening, where can they get your book? I know, right? Well, let's see, this is on video so you can show it up. So this is what the book looks like. It's called Sit Your Way to Success from Sales Meetings to Dinner Parties Where You Sit Matters. And where they can get it, it is available in, in the different bookstores and on Amazon. Although if they go to Sit Your Way to Success, so the booktitle.com, and they can order it there, and I'll send you a copy and even autograph it. And I'm glad to hear you say, too, that you like jumping around. That's the way I put, pulled the book together, because I think a lot of, especially salespeople, they want to just grab the information and go. And the book is that you don't need to read it from A to B. Although if you do, you'll, it, it builds upon each other, although each, each chapter can stand alone too. So I know salespeople, most of them are going to jump to that sales chapter, and that's fine. They're going to pick up a lot of info. Because most of us, you know, and it, oh, I'm sorry, if you're, were you going to ask a question? I was just going to say, I don't know that we've talked about this, is that not only do you have the information, you've got diagrams. I know. Diagrams that, that illustrate the points that you're trying to get across. So you've got uh, 30, 40 some diagrams in there to back up to, you know, for those of us who are visual to be able to see and understand what it is you're trying to get across in words. So that's, I forgot to mention that, that you can just flip, not just flip through and find the chapter you need, but then have the diagrams there that support and really help you reinforce that information. Yes, I, I know, because people learn differently, so I wanted to make it easy for that. And I've had some people mention that, gosh, I'd like a little cheat sheet of these diagrams. So I'll probably pull something like that together for those of us who, you know, just visual and we just like to be able to look at it periodically because it's things that, you know, you read it once and you go, oh, great, I'm going to apply a couple tips. As I say, you know, if you apply one or two, two tips in there um, or information, you'll find that your next meeting, no matter what meeting it's going to be, is going to be more successful. Although if you can continue and keep these in front of you that you pull out periodically, because I've had meetings where, gosh, that didn't go the way I anticipated. And now I'm starting to look back on, I'm thinking, oh, you know, now I understand the dynamics of the room and the way it was and how can I be more strategic? Yes. And it really goes to, and as I was just going to say, and strategic is a perfect word, it goes to being more conscious and intentional. Um, And I don't, you know, I wonder how many people are conscious and intentional, meaning intentional as here's the purpose, here's the outcome I'm hoping to attain. And so then let me be conscious about, uh, about these different things, whether it's where I sit, paying attention to their body language, voice, you know, obviously words, uh, but, you know, all these different things 
but being conscious and intentional, just part of being strategic. So that's something that I think is a benefit also that comes from your book is that implication. And you do say, what's the purpose of this particular event or meeting or, or conference? When you know that, then you can put these other things into place. Yeah, and I think so many times we just, you know, I start out with that. I think a lot of people do. They just walk in a room and their main goal is to get to the meeting on time. And instead, you know, anytime that we've had, we know our purpose or our goal. And if we know that before going in, then we know how we can be strategic and use this information. Is that, you know, if you're going to show up for a meeting and it's an hour meeting, why not get the most out of it? You're going to spend the time anyway. And if you just understand where you're going to sit, and you have better success, well, why wouldn't you? Instead of always being random, because the, the top leaders understand this information. And even, and then I go into private offices too, I forgot to mention that, but it's how, if you have a private office and you have meetings, I say the HR person, if they're bringing people into interview, there's a couple different things they can do depending upon what's their goal of getting information from this person. And where you sit and how you have the meeting can greatly affect that. You know, because so, I know you help employees make sure that they have the right employees in the right seats. And it starts with that interview process as well. So when you have a private office, how do you handle that so that you're sending the right signal? You know, if you're the manager that's more the dictator type, you want one setup. If you want the one that, hey, come in, sit down. This is like my living room. I'm here to listen to all your ideas. Is every idea is a great idea? Then you need to have a different setup. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you mentioned before about culture and you know, being conscious and intentional. What's the culture that you're creating? Because every organization has a culture, whether it's the one they intended to or not, right. culture. And so it's, it's about being aware uh, and intentional about what you want to create. And then, you know, if your culture is, I want to run this company like a dictator and everybody's going to listen and nobody's going to take initiative, well, then we can, you know, you can help us figure out what kind of furniture layout, you know, they should have to support that and vice versa, obviously, with a more open, innovative, creative, sustainable culture. Okay, so what's the layout that's going to support that? Yeah, because it changes the tone of the meeting and the way it, it works. To give you a case in point, I was interviewing for a corporation uh, several years ago, I was in Orlando and the the manager came down and interviewed. We had a good interview and he said, well, okay, now we want to take it to the next step and I need for you to meet uh, my manager or the regional person in Atlanta. So they flew me to Atlanta and I walk into this woman's office and she has this big desk and she's sitting behind the desk and then I had to sit on a sofa and um, the the gentleman that first interviewed me sat, I think, in a lounge chair. And so she's sitting behind her desk and I'm sitting a little lower than her, you know, very strategic. And the first question out of her mouth is, well, we just spent a lot of money to fly you up here. What makes you so good and why should I hire you? Wow. Yeah. And her whole intent was to intimidate me. You know, this was a sales position. Um, and fortunately, I, I did well because I, I knew what she was doing. It's also, okay, how am I going to speak on my feet? And I had, uh, I worked a you know, a lot in Toastmasters and that to, to know how to do that as well. And then once she got to the point that she thought, okay, this chick kind of, she can handle this. Then she stood up, she goes, all right, I wanted to see how you would handle it. Then she came around her desk, sat in this, this casual seating and the meeting took a whole different turn. 
Wow. You talk about, you know, experiencing that firsthand. So different leaders, you can take that into account. Yeah. How do you want it to go? Whether you're dealing with a vendor, you know, it's all, it's all in the purpose. So you start with your purpose or your goal in mind. Absolutely. I know you know that too. It's always starting that, right? (laughs) That's a a great story though. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you shared that with us. So I know that obviously you're an author, you're a great salesperson, and do you ever work with uh, people individually or in programs to help them improve their communication? Most definitely. I coach individuals and I also coach um, companies and corporations. So we actually even start before they sit down with their first impression. People don't realize what impact that can make. And it's all about in how you say it. So a lot of their sales presentation, we will look at scripting and messaging, although they don't realize certain things they're doing to take away all their confidence. Because if you walk into a meeting and you're giving off this, the nonverbal signal that you're not confident or trustworthy, do you think you'll have success closing that sale? No. No, you won't. And we do these, these, we pick up these habits and we don't even realize we're doing them. So a lot of it is just bringing it to your awareness. And so just that whole process of sales is what I found is the better I, better communicator I became, uh, the better my sales just naturally got better. So a lot of this is things that I just naturally do now. And my goal is to teach it so that you don't have to spend 30 years fumbling to figure it out you know, let me get you there faster so that you can close more sales, that you can have more successful meetings, that if you're a leader, that your leadership uh, goals, that you'll be a better leader in your company. Because the the soft skill of communication is such a key. And if you're afraid to stand up in front of a group, you know, that public speaking is is such a key too, because you'll be able to progress in your company, that they find that the people who can speak intelligently or just well in front of a group, whether it's a group of four people or 40 people, it makes a difference in your career. So once you develop that skill, it makes a difference. And so it's all in communication. And here at Creatively Communicate, we like to say, it's how you say it. It's not just what you say. I can give you the magical words, but if you deliver them flat, they're not going to be magical. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, what I've found is in any kind of training or resource or book or working with a coach, that it frequently comes down to improving your confidence because that's that's that um, subtle, non-tangible, perhaps, thing that people can pick up on. Like you said, if somebody's not confident, do you think they're going to do well? No. But if they're confident, that's going to come off, and that energy vibe is also what's going to attract people. And so whatever you need to do to uh, improve that confidence, increase your confidence, sometimes it's resources and training, and like I said, mentorship, working with a coach. So um, any last words or things you want to share with our listeners? Well, it's just, as you were talking to, I say that the thing that really gets in most of our way is our own BS, our mm-hmm. own belief system. Uh-huh. And when I coach people through that, it's, you know, they have a belief that in sales, I don't want to be that pushy salesperson. So it's working through that and okay, how can you be you in your sales process or still have you in your conference meeting? And the more we're authentic, and you know, that's a very overused word right now. It's also true though. If, you know, I, I want to work with you, Dawn. And so when you're authentic and when your personality come across, that makes such a difference. So I really help pull that out of people that they can realize, okay, this is what's going to 
uh, be strong and invest in themselves and be a better presenter, whether it is just to one person that they're selling to or to many, it really makes a difference. Um, so that's kind of what I find is everyone I've worked with, we always have to go back to that belief system. Okay, I don't know where you pick that up from, and I'm not that kind of coach, <laughs> you know, but let's take a look at this and, mm -hmm. and see how you're coming across because this is what, what you're showing. And we know that if we're, um, like if we go to a network event, a big thing of what I coach people on is their elevator pitch. So I call it 29 seconds to greatness. So that's another program that I have. And it's in those few seconds, how do you come across that people now want to have a conversation and therefore want to work with you? It's all in those first few seconds because they last, they're lasting impressions. We make um, our first impression and we know 67% of the time we're right on our first impression, whether we are or not. And it's going to take seven to 12 touches to change that. And how many times do you have seven or 12 times to change that first impression of your sales prospect? Very interesting. I learn something new every time I talk to you. And <laughs> I love it. I, this is, you know, so now I've got a couple things, you know, the, you know, yes, I knew about the first impression, but then didn't think about the seven to 12 touches to change that first impression. And then the BS, I love that, the belief system. That's just <laughs> That's fantastic. So Le Leanne, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. And you know, for those of you listening, get a copy of Leanne's book. It'll be dog-eared and marked and, and notes and all that. It, it is definitely worth, worth your while to invest in this book. And you can find it at sityourwaytosuccess.com. Leanne's company is Creatively Communicate. And if you want to up your, your game in sales, presenting, or speaking, she's the chick to talk to. I love it. Well, thanks again for having me on your, your podcast. And if anyone has any questions, they can definitely easily reach out to me. Fantastic. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Leanne. And remember, for more information on Leanne and her book, you can go to sityourwaytosuccess.com. Until next time, may you thrive.